Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of Mutants Monthly here on the Penny Bloom Podcast. This month is fear and loathing in Dark Phoenix. I am joined by none other than Aurora Carter. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing great, and this is the most confident I have felt so far. I bet it I'm is. Chilling. That's your favorite character right there. That's I your favorite chilling. character right there. <laughs> uh, and for the first time here on Mutants Monthly, we are also joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What's up? Um, I am the least confident right now. Um, well, not like totally in the dark, but um, this is – I'm a newbie here, um, which is uh, – which is interesting, it's, but I'm it's I'm glad that exciting. I can join you guys. Yeah, I'm, uh, and here's I'm, the thing: I want to I want to explain to the people. Obviously, me and Aurora have been doing this for a couple months now. We had a uh, August, we did Professor X and Magneto. September, we did something blue, where we focused on Beast, Nightcrawler, and Mystique. And then last month, we did the Halloween Spooktacular, in which we discussed costume design, and we briefly touched on a on a horror comic that we both really enjoyed. Uh, and as two people who really love the X-Men and have always loved the X-Men, we haven't had the new perspective of someone who doesn't know a lot about the X-Men and is learning about the X-Men actively. And that is exactly why Joe is here with us today to uh, to discuss this uh, the Dark Phoenix. And, you know, I mean, we won't limit it to the Dark Phoenix. You know, you got the Phoenix saga. There's a whole bunch of shit involving the Phoenix, you know, uh, We'll talk the movie. We'll talk the animated series adaptation. Maybe uh, maybe some comic book talk a little bit. Uh, but it'll all be here. It's all Phoenix today. All Phoenix today. So, uh, Aurora, I kind of want to let you kick this off. You seem to be the most passionate about the Phoenix, far and away. Uh, so I'm 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 ready to uh, I'm ready to hear what you've got to say about the Phoenix. How do you want to kick this off? Yo, I'm telling you. I am so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where to start. Um, hmm, that's like work our way up. Do y'all want to start with the Foxman films? Is that like let's good... start. Let's start with the. Let's start with the movie. Let's start yeah. with the Dark Phoenix film. Uh, I just gave it a rewatch yesterday, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think. Uh, I think since the last time I've watched it, my perspective on comic book movies has shifted a little bit so that I'm like, I'm more here for the fun and stuff. So it's a fun movie. It's not the best by any means, but it's, it's fun. There's, there's a lot of, there's, it's got the bones. It's got the structure. Uh, however, you know, you look at the animated series adaptation of the Phoenix and the Phoenix saga a couple episodes in between, and then the Dark Phoenix Saga, and that's three hours and 40 minutes of content covering the Phoenix. And you need every bit of three hours and 40 minutes to cover the Phoenix, just because, like, 
I don't know. You watch that movie and she like the Phoenix is taking control like 25 minutes in. And it's like, wait, whoa, hold on. We're not. It's not usually like this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I'm OK with some with some retconning to the comic book material when it comes to the films. I, I'm OK with it when it comes to the MCU. So I got to be a little bit OK with it when it comes to Fox, man. I can't can't let that uh, sway my judgment too much. Uh However, it's uh, there's just something lacking for me in that movie. Uh, it doesn't fire on all cylinders. Uh, the end comes around, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. I it comparing this movie to Last Stand. At least I would say they went to space. And involved some type of alien race, which is the Dabari Empire. It but certainly, certainly a step up from uh, a big step up. But from the last stand adaptation. But they still in like had the the red trench coat theme going on, and I don't get it. Like I will understand if the beginning of the movie we did not have. Um, costumes, you know, uniforms. I would have been like, okay, so we go on like more of a street clothes vibe. I can kind of get that. Mm. Yeah, but... Magneto pops up in that movie wearing a black trench coat and just his black helmet and stuff and clean look. Not not particularly a Magneto look for my money. Yeah, but like, it was I like it. it was like yeah, we just gonna put all all the budget into the CGI. CGI phenomenal. But oh, it it, it is a very visually satisfying movie. Watching that Phoenix, yes. the Phoenix Force, enter her at the beginning of the movie is fucking astounding. It looks brilliant, and then when they fade into the the Dabari uh, leader sh- explaining to her what happened and stuff, and they're standing in the room, and it fades into space, and it's like, oh damn, that was cool. Yeah, yeah I'm not gonna I lie, like this movie, like I thoroughly enjoyed the Dark Phoenix movie. Um. Because I'm hearing, you know, uh, well, I watched the Foxman movies first, the, the uh, you know, the earlier um, X-Men movies. And uh, so I've kind of experienced uh, the Phoenix Saga as, like, worst to best. But I started with, like, kind of the best, which is the comic book adaptation. Yeah. Um, so I started with the absolute best, and then I went all the way down to rock bottom and then slowly climbed my way back up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, the Dark Phoenix movie, like, I... I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like, it, I just kind of let everything go. No opinions, you know, about like how they're going to retcon everything. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, it was just visually very, very good. That is one thing that like, I think everyone says about this movie is that they killed like the CGI and VFX, like one. And I'm not going to cap either. The performances in that movie are great. Sophie Turner kills it as Jean Grey. Uh, she's outstanding. James McAvoy, even though his professor X in this movie is like, I, I can't stand him in this movie. Uh and it's for not no for no reason re- too, right? Like No, yeah, it's like it's like I don't like him for like his cool. perspective at the beginning, but then like he just kind of like Is this what his character is like? I feel like this just wasn't an actor like a, an accurate portrayal he of his He was character. not like this in the Phoenix um comic okay, that's book what I, lore. Okay. Professor X well, was, and they they, yeah. they took these liberties with the other characters, and that's really where I lose steam on this story is the characters surrounding Gene. 
the the adaptation of the phoenix uh taking over her body and like her struggle her inner struggle with it and stuff like i'm really i'm really with that like it 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 does go okay throughout the movie i don't think it's uh i don't think that's the worst part but like i i don't like that you kill mystique 30 minutes into the movie i don't like uh i don't like that beast sees that happen and goes i want to kill gene so that's not that's not beast that's not a beast thing uh he certainly wouldn't have gone to magneto for help uh however you know i do appreciate throughout the foxman films if you're keeping that continuity the beast did care about mystique deeply as he says when she dies i love you i love you you know like it, it it was a little bit more on brand for this version of the beast, I think, but it was really it was a really drastic step to go. Well, kill Mystique. I'm gonna go find Magneto, and we're gonna kill this woman. Uh, I would have uh, I would have appreciated that perspective more if it wasn't about Mystique. If it was like she did this to Mystique, she's she's out of control. She can't like. We need to do something about it before sh- more people get hurt. But it was simply a vendetta. Like, it was like, you killed Mystique, now we're going to come kill you. Uh, and. It, yeah, yeah. It was just. Like. It's so much I want to say. But at. It was kind of like, imagine you watching, even though it's a whole different thing, I'm, I'm briefly, briefly about to say, imagine you watching the Finney War and you only see the Finney Stones for like five seconds towards the ending. And the Phoenix, you only see it for like, literally like, what, like 10, 10 seconds? Yeah, maybe. Like it's, it's, it's not it's not prevalent at all. And like you watch the animated series adaptation and the Phoenix is going all the time. Like, it's like yeah, I'm it's out up the here. screen even I, most of the time. Like legit yeah. takes up the entire like the whole screen. <laughs> it literally I, I love the animated series adaptation where she'll be like talking and it'll like flash the Phoenix's face in between. Like, I love like, that. Oh, I love that. Like the animated series for me is my favorite adaptation of the Phoenix saga. Mostly I mean like the cartoon makes me nostalgic as shit because I watched it when I was a child. But it's also, like, a really loyal adaptation to the comic book. Like, it is pretty much the comic book in motion is pretty much all it is. That's that's what uh, I was going to say is that whenever I was watching this and, like, having the comic book knowledge first, I'm kind of like, oh, wow, some of these lines are literally, like, from the comics. Like, some of these, the like, book. frames are even from the comics. And I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. – this is awesome. Like, I hope whenever they continue X-Men 97, um, that oh. it's like, I hope that they just continue exactly what this show's been doing. Um, oh, I, I, I can't think... really say uh, outside of the Phoenix Saga of this show, but at least... It's interesting. Saga, I'm like... I'm curious as to what they'll do with uh, pivoting to X-Men 97 temporarily, as that has just been announced. You know, the show, the X-Men animated series ran from like 92 to 96, so X-Men 97 implies that they'd be picking up from where they left off. Uh, but I feel like you have a, a good opportunity to not just retell those stories, but tell them in a way that's kind of relevant to other stuff that's going on around the Marvel Universe. And I don't think uh, I don't think I necessarily want that. Like I want this. I think this animated series is going to be is a good way to, for Disney to get their feet wet with the X-Men before they're like, 
all right, let's throw them into the the ringer with the real shit. It's kind of like Disney writers getting a chance to get acclimated with the characters before they really push mm. them into the MCU, which I which I really really like, uh, and I cannot wait for. But like, it is interesting because there has been five seasons or four seasons, and then like three episodes in season five of the X Men animated series. And I know there's a ton of X-Men stories, but like they told a lot of X-Men stories in those seasons. You know what I'm saying? So like you got, they're going to have to get real creative, which I appreciate. Uh, I'm excited for, but, uh, nevertheless, I, I do, I do appreciate the animated series adaptation more than either of the last stand or the dark Phoenix movie. Uh, and the, the last stand is starting with X2, like the end of X2, where she just like dissipates and kills Scott. Like I thought it was cool. And it's like, it's like, it's like a, a like mind bending. What the fuck just happened thing. And like, it makes like, I love those movies because I watched them when I was like fucking five, you know what I'm saying? So like they're nostalgic as shit, but like, it's not the best adaptation of the Phoenix. It's like hardly, hardly even relevant to the movies and then they're just like they like they hardly even mention the phoenix by name in those movies do that don't they like is it even is um, it even said in last stand i have watched these movies like my memory is big so literally what they did in last stand was in both films i can tell you right now last stand professor x said basically that um gene had a dual like personality disorder and that, mm. and they're like ther- therapeutic sessions or telepathic sessions or whatever. It called itself the Phoenix, and in Dark Phoenix, um, the Scott was just walking with her in the mutant party, and it was like you know what the kids are calling you Phoenix, you know, like the bird that raises from the, you know, from the yeah. ashes and death and stuff like that. So I was just like. What it's like y'all trying so hard not to give it y'all just call it a force, but then just put the names together. It's it's just just do it. It's not well, yeah, and like that's why I'm excited about the MCU's adaptation of this eventually <laughs> because I feel like it'll be like it will be new, it will be original. I don't think it'll be comic loyal in the slightest uh, whenever they get yeah. to it. Uh. However, I do trust that it will be more based in comics than what the X2 and X-Men The Last Stand did with I don't the, think it will be as grounded as those movies cuz no, cuz they really didn't they again, that was early 2000s. People weren't ready for the fucking Shi'ar Empire and the Dabari and shit. Like that's just not something people were going to go to the theaters to see. It's just uh the alien races, I mean, think to Thor the Dark World with the dark elves. It's clear that People until recently were very not ready to go venture into space and see these weird races with weird names and shit. Uh, <laughs> but I do appreciate the Dabari being a part of this movie because uh, their personal vendetta against the Phoenix makes a lot of sense. You know, it it did it did destroy their universe, and you know, in the comics, it is Jean Grey binded with the Phoenix that destroys the Dabari system. When she, yeah, when she ate a star it. because she wanted a snack. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, why it's like, like I kind of hungry. Tried to remain somewhat loyal, but then just like with the parts that actually yeah. matter, they just yeah, don't care about. Like, like, yeah. It's it's. I will say that the Phoenix Saga is too big of a 
story to keep grounded. It's like I would have went. It's like the ex the Foxman movies tried so many times to like put the Phoenix in like a, a lot of times with X two Last Dan Apocalypse Dark Phoenix. It's like y'all trying, but it's this storyline is too big and too vast to keep it more grounded, leveled out for like people. Like I've read um actual like post um that was like legit saying like this is targeted towards like you know twenty year olds and also sixty on up for them to understand enough but keep it kind of loyal. I'm like, how? <laughs> like, nah, yeah, I. Well, and see the thing for me is like as I'm watching that movie like the Dark Phoenix, uh, I'm waiting for something that I'd never get. I can't tell you exactly what it is I was waiting for, but what I was looking for from that movie never comes around. It like it ultimately is a little it's ultimately just underwhelming. Uh not not bad. Like I I enjoy like I enjoy watching the movie. I had a good time and it's it's visually appealing. It's fun, but like there was just something missing. And it's and it is the big universal implications that the Phoenix holds because it's the light that created the universe practically like that's what it's said to be like i would have loved it when she said protect my family when jean rose you know with her being on fire that at least like when she opened her eyes you could at least heard the phoenix sound effect of like the the bird screech and then you see just the wing like it, it could be doing not even the whole phoenix rapid just the wings coming out because that shows like james becoming freer with it if they wanted to go that yeah. route and then i would have been like okay i can take this and be satisfied it, it, it just the phoenix would just wasn't there like it was like it was there but it was like yeah i'm gonna be right here until you like lift the shit out this train and then boom <laughs> like it just, no, yeah, like that shit was tough. Like, don't like. I love that last sequence on the train. The final that act shit is was like, I. The final act is fun as hell. Uh, I and for the like for that for the movie, the story they are telling, it is it is good. Uh, mm. while I while I want more Magneto was that East. sequence that was kind of was whoever the uh, white haired lady alien. Oh I yeah, I can't remember. Her remember yeah, her name. Uh, but like uh, that, she could just Jabari. absorb the phoenix, like uh, just take it out of Jean. You know, just like I guess Jean kind of initiated like, it. It was it like, uh, her, I'll, yeah, like, like started that process. But then, like after that, she could just like I'll take the rest it. out of you now. Like I don't like I, there, I don't that, that was the only part. It's that interesting was like, because they venture into that like slightly in the comics. Like not with the Dabari or anything, but with uh, Jean's clone, mm. uh, Madeline Pryor, yes, I think Madeline is her Pryor. name. Uh, the Phoenix binds with her; it prevents Jean from uh, coming back to life. And then when Madeline uh, ultimately commits suicide, sadly, uh, the Phoenix Force goes back into Jean Grey and revives her. But like the splitting the splitting of the phoenix force like there's a reason it chooses gene gray it just it's not like it can just go into somebody yeah, that's what else I thought the whole point was Which, is that like it can't yeah like it well can't and then gene just... gray gene later in the movie they do go gene gray says put go ahead take the shit 
You think you can handle like, it? It just didn't. Uh, and you know, like, yeah. I was just saying, like, it just didn't make uh, sense. Just... Like, why even explain the gene or try to bait her into being like your weapon? Why don't you just scare the shit out of her when you was explaining, like, the Phoenix was to be like, girl, this is going to happen. You're you going to die. You're going to blow up. Yeah, that's it. No more Scott. And then do it. If you wanted to do that, I just didn't understand that aspect. Like, you really didn't care about mutants or the human race or nothing. So, like, why didn't you just try to do something there? I just didn't get her I guess, point. Yeah, I guess the movie just tries to accomplish what, like, the series does in just so much shorter of amount of time. Like, they have to go and through the, the whole, like, thing. Because, I mean, like, the Phoenix Saga, like, as far as the animated series and the comic books go, that is, like, at least five issues, five episodes, which is, like, an hour and a half. They don't even attempt to touch on the Phoenix Saga part of this story. You know, like, it's just, like, the Phoenix is in her, it's dark. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and, like, a lot of shit happens to make her go dark, you know, and the phoenix binding with the human emotion and that's what corrupts it ultimately you know like i appreciate that aspect of it but uh there was never a good phoenix here until the end whenever gene gray reigns it in and you know you see in the animated series whenever the phoenix exit is exits gene's body and is like hey we can bring that we can bring her back to life i was just I was tripping, you know, I felt, I felt things for a second and I didn't know what to do about that. I'd never done that before. That was crazy. Uh, so if y'all want to like come together real quick, hold hands, we can make this shit happen. We'll bring it right back to life. We'll be cool. And I'll get out of here. Uh, like, a, a tear fell down my face. Not going to lie. Like, well, I uh, chills. I got chills watching yeah, like, it. I was like, damn, this is good. Like uh, Scott and Wolverine were like fighting, like, no, bub, no I way. Am. I'm not letting oh. you like no chance. And then, He's like, step well, back, bub. well, how about all of you do it? And I was like, oh, like, okay. This, like, I, I don't have emotional, like, connection, like, with these characters like you guys do. And it still, like, was a good enough story where I'm like, damn, this is, like, a powerful-ass moment. Like, holy well, crap. Well, the X-Men, this is, this is the thing about the X-Men that I love is that, like, what we enjoyed about uh, the family bond of, like, the Eternals and the found family aspect of, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. That's what the X-Men have except, like – like, it's even greater for me just because there's so much more story there with each individual character than what we've gotten so far with the Eternals and Guardians. I just, but uh, yeah, there's sure. just so much history with the X-Men. Mm -hmm. It's just like that scene where when like, Scott is like, I let you down and her face just like changes. And Professor is like, oh, yeah, that's a big ass bird. Yeah, we need. She needs that's to a big die. ass bird. And, like, how it was just, like, the animated was, the animated series was, like, really, it really did good. Like, and I really like how it showed, like, how the Phoenix Power worked, it, especially when, like, Rose picked, the, um, picked up the tree. And she, like, turned it, like, gold. I think it was gold, if I'm not mistaken. And, it, and then, like, when she released that, like, that shockwave and, like, you know, Doctor Strange and mm. everyone was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the watchers yes. saw it, Thor <laughs> felt it. Like Spidey. I love that it. shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, and like I it is interesting because like I I'm familiar with the Phoenix's like the Phoenix can kind of do whatever the fuck it wants, yes. basically. Uh 
but like for some reason I completely forgot it had the transmutation ability to just be like this tree's gold now. <laughs> uh I was like, "Oh damn." Like I was just like, "That's wild. That's out of nowhere." I like completely forgot the phoenix could do that. So when that happened, it really took me by surprise. Yeah. Um and I also like showing a limit on Rogue's ability in that situation when she takes her glove off and touches Jean's face and Jean's like, "Yeah, go ahead, no. try." Yeah, no. Yeah. And not going to work. You can't do the Dark Phoenix. I mean, you'll do it to you can do it to somebody else, but not the Dark Phoenix. And like um like as well, Joseph is represented the audience that might not be great with X Men Lord. Like Joseph, if you remember, especially in the um X Men series, when I told you like how Rogue is in the movies versus how Rogue is in the animated, like she's so much more upbeat and just this like I Rogue was is downer in the original X Men trilogy. Rogue. One dude. thing that I was gonna say, like whenever we talk about the animated things, is like Rogue is one of my favorite, like favorites in the yeah. show, like. <laughs> She she's funny all the time, like and just that country, you know that that southern, southern uh, yeah, southern. But like, oh my, my gosh, like yeah, this rogue, like give me this rogue all day. Oh my stars, like, yeah, give me this rogue over Demi Lovato, off brand Demi Lovato rogue. I don't know, that's that's all I see. I can only see Demi Lovato in the. Uh, Is that X-Men, Anna Paken X-Men who plays movies. who plays yeah. rogue in the original yeah. ones? <laughs> She's a great actress. They did her dirty, dude. It's just, yeah, it's just such the a material. weird part to play. Yeah, Like, yeah. Well, and be... it, it does go back to that grounded thing where they were trying to make it like, if this person existed, they would have a tough time being happy. Like, and I, you can't touch yeah. anyone. That's rough. I think it was also like... That does we'll suck. talk about Rogue at a later date. We'll talk about Rogue at a later yeah. date. Let's get, back, let's, get back to the, let's get back to the Phoenix. It was, uh, yeah, what you'll see, Colton. Rogue will certainly have her own little thing at some point here on Mutants Monthly. Yeah. But overall, like, um, it was just like, especially when I was younger and I was like very ignorant with the whole Phoenix stuff and I was watching X2 and, you know, last night, that was the only things I was kind of like, I had... But I remember seeing the, cause I didn't grow up on a '90s cartoon. Too, I got into the X Men after the movies, and then I remember saying like, "This yeah. McCran crystal can do some shit. Like, this thing is powerful. Like, it can do some shit." And then also like the show the bond again when she was making like that connection tree or something like that with the X Men. Like, mm-hmm. it was just yeah. Like they have so much love the for Unimind. each other that I have, I don't think no one else do. I was about to say that, like, I know this is stretching it, and I always stretch it, but, like, <laughs> the Eternals' power, like, where it comes from, like, obviously, Harrison created them and all, but, like, it really sounds like the Phoenix Force, like, split up into ten different people. Um, no, oh, and there are adaptations where they've done that to the and, like, X-Men. Yeah, like, be uh, pretty, like, well, I'm just saying, like, if if they're going to introduce the Phoenix Force, like, into the MCU as, a, like, a legit thing, like, it could be the explanation of where the Eternals' power actually comes from. Like, the source and, like, of the power. Yeah, like, uh, because the Eternals, like, each of their power, you can kind of see it mimicked in a lot of other MCU characters that we know. Um, True. And, like, I, you, it, now my mind is always just going hierarchy, like, in the MCU. Like, who's who's where? Like, where does everything come from? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, this could be an, a really cool way to introduce, like, the Phoenix Force and 
by in turn the X-Men and, you know, everything that comes along with it. If Oh, uh, absolutely. I, and I mean, like, if, if it is, if the Phoenix Force is the spark that ignites the universe, who's to say that Arishim doesn't in some way harness the power of the Phoenix Force to create the universe? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was... I, but, yeah. you know... We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> I was thinking... Yeah, we got away. Yeah, I was thinking with the MCU, I was thinking if they did the Phoenix stuff, I was... Maybe, like, we will see... I was... This is probably a reach. But I was thinking that we probably see the Phoenix Force before we even probably get the X-Men. Or oh, some indication of it. Because of how, like, grand it is. I mean... We are getting into the giant cosmic side of Marvel. Yeah. And it would make sense if... If the Phoenix Force was in some way relevant, not relevant, but like at least mentioned or in the background somewhere at some point. Uh, the interesting thing here, and the the MCU has a lot of work to do with the X-Men because of the X-Men's whole thing being that mutants have always existed. And we don't have mutants in the MCU yet, or not always existed, but they've evolved now to mm-hmm. to exist uh, and this is this is where I kind of like I'm confused by the the movies like Dark Phoenix and X to the Last and the Last Stand is like the Phoenix bonds with Jean at a pretty young age, like when she's a child mm. in the comic books, because she has the power and is is has the potential to take on the Force one day. Uh. Now, in the Dark Phoenix movie, I know that she, like, the the leader chick says, like, it chose you. Of The leader chick of the Dabari, like, she says, it chose you, etc. But I remember at the beginning of the movie when it's, like, moving towards the Blackbird in space. And then she uses her powers to pull the Phoenix Force towards her. I was just kind of like, this is a little convoluted in its messaging because that's what she does initially. And like, maybe initially she pulls it away from him and then it's like, oh shit, dope, dive into her, you know? But like, mm. they don't make that clear. Yeah. Uh, I like the, the like cry for help and then the Phoenix choosing Jean Grey. Like, that just makes yeah. way more sense. Like, somebody please help me. Like, this is my last, you know, cry for help. And the only thing mm. that can notice it is this entity you know all of her friends are back there they can't do anything and it's just this one last thing that saves her like mm, like her this storyline is just amazing like going from um like she's before as just Jean Grey she's seen like even though she's like has super mega powerful abilities like tell like Like there there are multiple occasions where Charles Xavier's like she'll pass me one day yeah, like, but like sure. she's kind of played off as like the weakest among them. Like uh, she just she's very limited and like she doesn't do much. But then, like she the potential that she just grows into. Like, and I, there's uh, always been this thing in the movies where it's like she, even before the Phoenix is relevant to her, she has a tough time controlling her powers. You know, you see you see her having a nightmare and the walls crawling and stuff, and it's like, it's just like really really interesting to see that happen like uh i mean that would be hard i mean like 
you have to give like the writers somewhat up like some credit because they're trying to give real emotions to these crazy powers and like real reactions to how people would react and stuff and a telekinetic Mm. like hearing everyone's thought hearing everyone's pain all everyone's suffering like that would be horrible like that like oh hell yeah it'd be literally like if you think your own like bad thoughts are are terrible imagine everyone on earth like or everyone in the universe at at, at that like so like like that would be hard you know that that'd be just so much to deal with but just passing it off as a multi-personality disorder or like something you know like she's a telepathic she's telekinetic she has these powers like you're already dealing with crazy things like i i guess the time is just different but and i mean it wouldn't be it 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 is interesting though because it's like the in-universe explanations like you need someone who understands the phoenix and knows what it is in order to articulate that on screen. Mm. You know, so like it would make sense for someone who doesn't know what the phoenix is to go okay, well this looks like it's just a split a split personality thing cuz she's really dark and then she's Jean again and then she's really dark. I will say my favorite thing about the comic book and uh, animated series adaptation that they don't even come close to touching in the movies is Jason Wingard's hand and and the Dark Phoenix springing forth. Uh, I think Mastermind's like a really dope character uh, that has like is really powerful and really like kind of understated in the in the Marvel universe. Uh, but the way that he he manipulates Jean into like being this like 18th century queen who he's in love with and they have a real sensual relationship and he's like this is real life stay here with me like uh, it's sick demented twisted but boy oh boy is it compelling to watch on screen you know like or, or to read on on the page and that shit where cyclops and wingard have to go have to fight each other with swords and stuff like that's just like what the fuck? That's fun as fuck. Who even thought of this? Mm. Uh, Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont is just a it's fucking. Cr- the dude who wrote the comic books for this is just fucking creatively genius for my money. And the uh, I will say that first issue where Jean Grey becomes the Phoenix. I think it's Uncanny X Men one hundred and one. Uh, like the first few pages of that book are some of the most beautiful artwork I've ever seen. Like Dave Cockrum just absolutely destroyed that. Like the first time she goes, I am life incarnate. I am the Phoenix. Uh, that shit is tough. Uh, I really, really like it. And the, all the artwork portraying the Phoenix is always really interesting. Yeah. I was, um, I was thinking, like, in the movie with um, Valk, the leader of the Dabari, it felt like they was trying to do a mastermind-type effect with her in a way. Like, kind of. Manipulating her to a degree. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I liked about through the span of Jane turning from Phoenix to 
Dark Phoenix. It's also how her even style of clothing changed in the comic. Like it was more revealing, tighter clothing, mm. cleavage, and how like over time she started being more like open and free with her powers, especially when Dazzler came on board. That was a whole thing she was not about was God. Like she was not about that. Like she mm. was I think like the Phoenix, I think that's when the Phoenix kind of lashed on. Oh, you want to fuck her? Yeah. <laughs> that's I remember in the end. I'll kill you. I'll cut your dick off straight up. <laughs> it was like I'll kill her. What was the one like, scene? Yeah, straight up. She'll do anything. Yeah, what was like the one scene when she was saying something to Scott and she was like, What you want to be with her? And her eyes turned black or something in the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, they they turned they turned the phoenix like the yellow glow that she yeah. that she gets whenever she becomes the dark phoenix. And Cyclops is like, "Yo, what the fuck? No! Like, I love you, dude. Like, I just like she is in trouble. She is a mutant who needs help." Uh, I mean, she and... did walk in on them kissing. Like, that's the first thing she saw. Like, uh, so I mean, could I you know? It. Yeah, like and, oh, and with all those emotions flowing, like yeah, she's like, oh. No, nah, like th- this ain't happening right oh, no. now. Like, I don't want to. I, I don't want to come off like yeah. I'm blaming oh, yeah. <laughs> blaming Jean for her feelings here at all. Like she's got a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she flew all the way it, over it there. It is objectively funny because yeah. Cyclops is just like, I didn't, I didn't even, I was just, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> kiss her. Yeah, that was. Yes, um, I mean, like, what you was gonna say, Colton? Oh, nothing. It I was. was, I, was I can that. also send it into the chat, but there's literally a co- um a comic strip when Jean, it was it's way past the Phoenix Saga when she actually um Dark Phoenix Saga when she kind of her and the Phoenix had like a good streak going on when Emma Frost kept getting under her skin, and that's literally a page that I screenshotted. And you know Emma Frost turns to her diamond skin, and she like shattered Emma mm. Frost and put her back together and said, "Wake up." And Emma Frost was like, girl, yeah. yeah, you got that. I'm not messing with you no more. Yeah, like, you just put me Yeah, you back got together. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Yeah, she was like, no smoke. Because, like, she made herself to, like, like with telepathy to make herself look like Jean in the Dark Phoenix costume. And Jean came to the room, was like, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. You better make me go dark again. Like, <laughs> it was just, I just yeah. loved that, um, that comic strip. Like, in the Dark Phoenix movie, wherever, like, at the end, after the whole train thing, it's, like, just some goons coming up trying to kill her. Two guys, you know, she kills one of them, kills the other, brings them back to life just to kill them again. Like, uh, yeah. like that's the stuff that, like, they needed to do way more throughout the movie. Like, uh, not just save it for the end, you know, like, they saved a lot of that, like, just badass moments, like, just for the end. Um, well, and what's interesting is that, like, whenever in the movie, whenever the Phoenix, uh, like, sh- the Dark Phoenix shows herself, it's like a lashing out. Like, it's like Jean trying to contain it, and then she can't, and it just springs forth in the small, the slightest way before it, like, go before it hides again. And I know there's that scene uh, whenever she's at her dad's house, and she, like, flips the cop cars, and she sends Nightcrawler flying, and the Beast, and she moves the shit from quick under quicksilver's feet and he goes tumbling and stuff mm-hmm. and like that that's a cool scene but like it doesn't like jean could just do that when she was jean 
You know, yeah. like if you wanted to, that was like she was just using her telekinetic abilities. That was all. It wasn't like it was like truly the Phoenix Force mm-hmm. doing anything there. Uh, but but at the end, whenever she's full blown, like yeah, let's fucking do this thing. Uh, and she's just murdering motherfuckers, disintegrating uh, people like out of existence. Yeah. You know, like yeah, not not yeah. just like killing, not like crushing a skull or like choke. Like no, like they're gone. They're blitz. Like I love like yeah. straight up doing what Thanos is trying to do. <laughs> like, but just on her own. Like damn, I love the one. Well, I remember, I liked the last stand adaptation of the way they faded away too, thing. because like. I appreciated Jean, like Jean Grey and the Dark Phoenix. It looked like she was working for it. You know, like she like did something and then like they slowly dissipated. I liked and like that was the one thing I think X-Men The Last Stand like really nailed is when she's just kind of floating and she just kind of like points towards people and they just kind of like just kind of like fade away. And it's like, oh, damn, you can do that. That ain't taking effort either. (laughs) Like she's just doing it. She's Dr. Manhattan in this hoe. Yeah. Uh, One thing um, I said in, like, Last Stand, like, I really feel like this movie, we actually saw, like, Phoenix power, because also in Last Stand and Apocalypse, it was just, like, yes, in Apocalypse, they had the Phoenix form, but it was still just another way of showing, like, aggressive telekinesis. Like, it was just very aggressive. But this movie was more, like, especially when she got stabbed, and, and, like, it wasn't blood coming out. It was, like, Phoenix energy coming out. And then it just goes yeah. in, and she actually like touched one dude's forehead and was like, "Oh yeah, like I'm putting it into you now. Like yeah. you're going to feel what I feel, but you're going to die." Yeah. Uh, like I remember when I watched that the first time, she like the shit comes out her body. She's like impaled completely, and then she's just like, "All right," just like fades <laughs> that shit away, heals herself, and is like, "All, All right." right. I made him think long enough. enough that he got me, you know. I, I gave him the satisfaction. Now let me just end his life effortlessly. <laughs> right, right. Uh, another, like, this is a little bit of a sidebar. It's still the Dark Phoenix movie, but I wanted to touch on it briefly. Is uh, It's something we didn't get to on Something Blue. Nightcrawler and that last act of Dark Phoenix is absolutely fucking yes. awesome. Uh, the way that he he'd like, he's just like, all right, then fuck it. I'm gonna kill all you. Uh, <laughs> the one dude died who was like, who was like, it's a shame. My kid was a fan, and then he lets them out and stuff. And like, but when he dies, he's like, all right then. Like, I'm, a, I'm a murder these aliens. Uh, Shows how powerful that dude can be. If he oh, wants he was to stabbing be. dudes yeah, like, with his tail. He snapped a dude's neck with his tail. I was like, God damn, dude's got quite the tail. Like. uh I, I didn't know, I didn't know he could do that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, as, I don't know, I like as a newbie he here, like, that was, that was cool. <laughs> I like mm. how they substituted the debris on the train as, like, his swords in the comic books in a way. Okay, you know, he has, like, two yeah. swords, so that's kind of, like, what they substituted it with. But also, Magneto in that mm. fight was so smooth. I'm talking, like, he was just gliding. Ooh. He was smooth. Dude, I love, like, well, and again, like I'm gonna say, that last act is some of the funnest uh, and one of the most exciting action sequences across all of Marvel. Period. I think just because of all that's happening, the way they band together at the end to protect Jean. You know, she's like the chick goes to Magneto and is like, "You were trying to kill her like 15 minutes ago," uh, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I had a change of heart." 
uh, and then they're all, they all, they show the shot of all of them standing there protecting, protecting the door. Like, I really like that. Like, and that, that portrays that found family aspect. And, uh, whenever she says she's going to protect her family and lifts the train and engulfs everybody in a, in a little bubble, uh, I like, like, something I wouldn't have anticipated, but I really like was included is that Magneto was a part of that. Mm -hmm. Like Magneto's part of the family too. That's like, I really love that. Like the way they, they give Magneto a little bit of redemption in this movie, but they don't really focus on him. So the story a little bit falls flat. So it's like, that's, that's the thing. The the story really just needs more time Mm. to expand because there's just so many aspects of it. Don't know if this is controversial, but like I think I truly like the younger portrayals of Magneto and Professor X more than the older ones, like older age, like the uh, uh, just yeah, Ian McKellen and like yeah, Patrick Stewart. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I maybe I don't know. I'm like just no, very new to this, I, and I, I still it's... have much to watch. But no, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm with you to a degree. Uh, Not Professor X, I think that... but Magneto more. Nah, I'm with. I'm more with. See, that's the thing, though. I fucks with Ian. It's just that I think what's what happened is the material, visual effects. It's the portrayal of the character and other aspects that gets more exciting. Uh, like Magneto in these these latest movies is so much more exciting just because you can portray his power so much more cooler and with a lot better CGI. And like it just looks better and. Frankly, Michael Fassbender is fucking fantastic as Magneto. Um, but I, I like I can't. The fact that James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender like held up. The fact that they got four actors to play this to play two characters and it feels seamless. Like it's like these mm. all four of these people nailed it. Is fucking it's fucking outstanding. Uh, more on that on Mutants Monthly number one, where we've discussed Pref- Professor X and Magneto mm-hmm. at length. But uh, yeah, dude. I and again, Professor X in this movie is just kind of underwhelming. Yeah, uh, the fact that he's really power, like not power hungry, but he's uh on a power trip. Rather, like he won't let it go. Like no. yeah, he just. Just... It's about the fame now, which is never something that Professor X was about. Like, so like that aspect of it, I was just kind of like, eh, doesn't feel this right. Is... It didn't feel like it, and it doesn't feel like a sequel to Apocalypse for his character. Like, it doesn't feel like that's what comes next for him. Like, I I don't know. It, it it's hmm. literally like he comes from like first class to down in Days of Future Past and back up in Apocalypse and now down in, in Dark Phoenix. It's just... And and you would think, like, he would have a lot more heart-to-heart with Gene. And another thing I felt that was, like, uncomfortable in this movie was how good of a sisterhood Storm and Gene has. If y'all didn't notice, they didn't say not one thing to each other in this movie. Not one line. Right? No, yeah. Not a single not a single thing was said. I'm just like, other. Storm is like her, her homegirl. Like, Storm makes... Gene invited to the cookout, and they didn't say not one thing. <laughs> it was, it was just like, well, yeah. I mean, you look at you look at the comic books, and you look at a uh, you look at the animated series, and it's kind of like Storm's Storm is always a rock, and obviously mm-hmm. this is the young Storm. She hasn't she hasn't grown up yet, but like she's she's 
to an even greater degree, jeans rock. Like they're they're like homeboys. They're they are best mm-hmm. friends in the fucking comic books. Uh, and you just don't get that here. It doesn't emanate at all. Uh, hmm. But I, I and and like I said, there are it has the bones. Like it has the structure to be a good movie. They just didn't give it enough time to to let it happen. Uh, and frankly, you know, studios like when movies are two hours or less, and you can get in, get out, get your money, and leave. <laughs> uh, but you know, sometimes some like this should have been a two part movie. It should have been two movies. You know, like the, the Phoenix, Phoenix then the Dark Phoenix, and then the Dark Phoenix. Like that's mm, that's probably how it should have been a movie. <laughs> two seasons and a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I like frankly you could you could make this whole thing you can make this a whole season of television if you wanted to. Like and you know, we're talking about movies. I'm not going to like oh, Foxman really should have just ad- adapted this for FX. Uh but you know, it's it was solid. It was solid. Did you like uh it could have been could have been a lot better. I know I said this with um when me and Joseph were watching it, but I don't I want to say if you noticed. Did you notice like the train was like no like th- like you didn't know where the destination was, but like all the guards had like MCU badges. Like that's where he was heading to an MCU. And this was like the last. Oh no shit! Yeah, me and Joseph was like, oh, look at that! And this is the last. Yeah, like, that, and then like at the end, <laughs> at the end, whenever Jean's just talking like monologue, and it's basically like their send off. Like here you go, like MCU. Like here, like this, this is, is our not, last. This is not you know, the like, end of me. Yeah. yeah, like uh, I don't know. It was really cool to like uh, to kind of see Fox like kind of. Well, and frankly, I love, I love all of these castings. Uh, I don't have beef with a single adaptation of a character in terms of performance. Like they all work really well with the material they're given. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that a really fun redemption for these for these actors and would be for them to get their roles back in the MCU. I think that would just be, I think that would just be satisfying. Uh, I think Sophie now, Turner like, is like, I think definitely if I, Jean Grey's coming, like Sophie Turner's. How do you, how do you miss Grey. that opportunity like, though? Cause like, she's like, she's like 25 and you already got Kit Harrington and uh, I always forget uh, Rob's Amelia Clark. No, Rob. Oh, and, oh, Amelia Clark's going to be in Secret Invasion, who was Daenerys Targaryen. Then you got uh, just get everyone oh, from Game of Richard Thrones. Madden <laughs> as yeah, Richard Madden, Rob Stark as Icarus, and and the thing MCU's just trying to engulf every single universe into itself. They're just trying to get every universe into into the MCU, like Mark Hamill, you know hopefully coming in you know they're going to get engulf star wars you know i mean it's already a disney property so anything they yeah. can get their hands on it's uh i'm ready one thing I'm i liked ready. about uh, um also with sophie turner was like hey she her face acting was amazing but then she was also like she to me she brought like the beauty in jean gray like she like naturally pretty looking like really, even when like her, like that one scene where they're in the like, house really and her hair's floating and she, all it's nothing but cracks. Like really, I was like, she looks pretty, but like dangerous. It was, I, I loved it. I was watching this. I was watching the movie with Emily, and she was like, "They made Sophie Turner 
hot <laughs> in this movie. And I was like, they did. <laughs> they, the scene, they really did. Even the scene where she, like, is out in the alley, rain falling on her face, you know, like, at her low, she's still looking, like, very damn, pretty. Like, she's damn. a pretty woman. Like, yeah. Like, uh, and, and, like, the, the scene where she said that was when it's, like, really early in the movie. It's, at, it's like, when they're just back at the mansion and she she's she thinks she's hurt her dad and she's telling cyclops like i have to go but he won't let her leave and then he put she puts him to sleep she's just wearing like a white t-shirt and emily was like she's fucking hot (laughs) i was like i was like yeah yeah that's a good look for uh but yeah, Sophie Turner just absolutely demolished this demolishes this role. Like she she really really does a good job. Uh she's a fantastic actress and uh I mean I I I have a soft spot in my heart for Famke Johnson back with the back with the original adaptation of X2 and X-Men and The Last Stand and stuff. Like I love I love that actress in that role, but uh I think Sophie Turner. I think Sophie Turner just takes it to a different level a little bit. Uh, she does a really good job. I wish they continued that voice sound effect. They only had it one time in the movie when she was saying "stop, stop, stop, stop" at the thing, and then when she said "stop," her voice was like doubled. Stop. I wish they yeah, continued yeah. that when she was talking in the Phoenix, but. Like disimagine. And they do that in the animated yes. series. Whenever she talks, it's a little like, yeah. Listen, it it does sound it does sound more menacing. It's like that's like when she says um. So show me, walk to me. If she would have said that with like the double layer, I would have been like ooh. And when she made Professor X just walk up the stairs, I was like, all right, this Damn. that is so disrespectful, <laughs> like. That was so, and was it was so disrespectful uh, because she could have just lifted him out of the chair and brought him up. Yeah, like she made him walk up, and the fact that she crushed his chair too didn't even like mm. give him the the chair's done. You know, like that chair's yeah. gone. He's walk one step. You know, just every single step she's making him hit. Like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, I remember like I was just a like I was like. Damn, th- like this is badass. Like this part of the movie, I was like, I don't know. I this was just well, awesome. And I will say, while I didn't, I don't like Professor Heck. I don't like Professor X in the first half of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's the second half of this movie where he really does become more Professor X like. It really is just the the power tripping weird. Like Mystique was right. Like she absolutely was right about Professor X being completely and utterly irresponsible and drunk on power and like kind of just like doing whatever the fuck he wants because he felt like he could. Uh, And at the end, whenever he like, he's like his veins are turning black and he looks like he's about to fucking die. And he tells her to look into his mind and plays her all the memories. I was like, okay, now this is what professor X and Jean gray are all about. Like this is, this is an, this is a really good adaptation of their relationship. They just needed uh, a reason to delay that moment from happening, like uh, him just showing her. And yeah, the, the storyline they gave him was just kind of weird. Like, uh, yeah, just very, very. How do you, I don't know? Because I guess, I guess no, he couldn't have just done that at the beginning because she was all, you know, lashing out and crazy. So yeah. I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. 
just they wanted the phoenix to shine so they just every other character around them they just gave a weird aspect to their story that i don't know yeah but no yeah it it is interesting because like another thing that like because i don't like the mystique dying thing it immediately corrupts like half this movie because a lot of the character storylines are based around the fact that mystique has died um And like I, I expressed this in our Something Blue episode a couple episodes, a couple mutants monthlies back when we were talking about Mystique's character, is that like she was on the rise, like she was the leader of the X Men, like that is that is clear. And if you want to portray the Phoenix getting out of control, you could have killed literally anyone else there in that scenario, like even the police officers. Like if- not even an X Men, right? If right, if they wanted to hurt Magneto, wouldn't it make more sense to like kill Quicksilver and then he find out that's his son? Since they was like doing that story arc already, just like this, this kill Quicksilver, Magneto finds out because that's the last blood he has, and then kill Jane, like try to kill her. That would have made more sense. To me. Now that makes more sense for Magneto for sure. Like I mean, like obviously I like it. It also makes sense for Magneto to want to kill her after he kills after she kills Mystique. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; that makes more sense for Magneto. Regardless, it was the Beast part that I really had beef with. Uh, so out of character. No, yeah, be, like, and up to up to that point, like up to this movie, they did a pretty good job with Hank McCoy and and the Beast character overall. And then again, in the second half of this movie, you know, he realizes his his mistake and he comes back around and stuff which is good uh and ultimately what you want out of uh out of the movie by the end like because like i've said the beast is one of my favorite fucking x-men so like whenever that is the basis of a storyline i get annoyed because it's like (laughs) that's just not something he'd be like uh and the animated series uh like at the very beginning um or something i i think it was closer to the beginning um but you have Professor X and uh, Scott arguing, like, um, if you would have told us everything, like, this would have even happened to Gene, blah, blah, blah. And the professors, yeah. they're just going back and forth. Hank just comes out and is like, emotions are clouding your guys' judgment. Both of you are wrong. Here's what's right. Goodbye. Good day. Interesting. Or whatever. Uh, fascinating. Yeah, that's his word. Uh, fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> and then just walks off, and they're just like... <laughs> All right, like, damn, yep. He's always, he's, like, that's the thing. He's the one with a level head. Mm-hmm. So, like, it it doesn't make sense for him to be like, let's kill this bitch. You know, like, it, it just doesn't. Uh, and, like, that yeah. that scene where, like, Gene went, like, full Dark Phoenix moment in front of Scott, and the episode picked up on that moment, when everyone's looking like this, and Storm says, do not do it, he just like, oh, dear. Like, he is not phased. Like, he's just like, oh, dear. <laughs> That's this. That's Beer. just it. But um, ah, oh, y'all said something. I had my oh man, I was going to say something. Y'all said something that was such a valid point. It was about Magnum. No, it was something about Professor. Magnum. It was oh, I think for like the first time in X Men movies that we really get a look inside someone's head with like the CGI that like Cerebro had inside Jean's mind, like. 
the oh, way it looked and how you like if you paid attention like how when Gene was waking up, it was slowly turning from like a jellyfish type of CGI to more like Phoenix fire animation. Like it was just like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm gonna break your whole machine. I just no. it, Is there a point in the like I'm I've been watching so much Phoenix content lately that I'm kind of blending stuff together in my head. Is there a point in the Dark Phoenix movie where Scott goes into her no. head? Okay, then I'm thinking of the animated series. I'm thinking of the animated series whenever he goes like, uh, is this what's going on in your mind? Like, oh, fucking God, this is dark. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I, I would have appreciated more of that out of, like, the, the Dark Phoenix movie. Like, uh, because they obviously they do they do emphasize the Scott Jean love connection quite a bit and trying to get her back like whenever Professor X and the whole team show up to her dad's house and they're like and Professor X is like come on Jean come home we love you uh come on back and then she's like no and then he's like Scott yeah, he's like, yeah <laughs> Scott yeah. Scott makes his bid. get your baby father out there but like I just didn't. Like, I mean, I kind of get why they was mad at Professor X, but, like, he could have told her what happened when she got older pre-Phoenix. But, like, what is he going to tell a 11-year-old girl, like, hey, your father don't want you no more because you killed your mom? Like, is he literally going to tell this little girl? No, yeah. here's I don't have beef with that aspect of Professor X's storyline at all. He was in the right. Like, I mean... I, and it's confusing because I don't know exactly what what age Jean Grey is supposed to be in this. Like, is she supposed to be like eighteen, like seventeen, eighteen? Like, or, or are they like out of high school? It's early ten years after Apocalypse. Like, it takes place ten years. Apocalypse is in the eighties. This is in the nineties. Oh god damn! Okay, so she's she's twenties yeah. for sure. I didn't I did not realize that. Okay. Uh, Could have okay. told her. Uh, then then yeah, he should have told her earlier. Uh, but uh like, like that's maybe that's like, the thing that yeah, like, like 18 21 like conversation like you like, are hey, you are sit down freshly an adult let's talk about this i wanted to express to you that your father isn't dead uh and I, it is yeah. a tough conversation to have you know like it's like it's wrong if he wants to keep it from her forever that's wrong like that's it, the, yeah. the idea should be like just at a later date i can tell you this thing and because yeah she's that old that's kind of pushing it a little bit um but i I don't know that's a tricky it's a tricky situation like he was never because like i certainly wouldn't want to have yeah i certainly wouldn't want to have that fucking conversation that sounds awful like (laughs) hey yeah uh so your dad didn't want you i took in uh he said you were a lost cause uh like and that shit where when she goes to his house and he's and she looks at the pictures and he she goes like all these pictures and not a single one of me. I was just like, uh, fuck. Mm, it was so like, I, I, like these things make me like. That's why the dark phoenix aspect of the story is actually is actually pretty well done. Like you know, like I absolutely get how the emotions got to the phoenix and corrupted it to the point where it went dark because dark shit happened mm-hmm. she killed like she finds out she killed her mom and that uh her dad didn't want her anymore uh or like my whole world died that day and it went with you the phoenix really and chose that line the like that line to me goes to jump into to experience yeah. emotion first 
Like, uh, yeah. as first emotions to be experiencing, these aren't the best ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, no, I can just no, all, feel like the Phoenix just jumped in. It's like, oh, girl, you killed your dad. And you killed your mom, and then you, oh, dad? Like, it's just, like, a damn, lot going damn, on. Damn, Yeah, just damn, 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 damn. Just <laughs> over and over. And uh, it's just, but I think, like, also the comic strip of, like, Gene also getting the Phoenix, and I've said this before to Joe, but, like, it's so heartbreaking, comic book-wise, how Gene got it. Like, like this how, like, shriveled and skinny and burnt up she looked. It was just... And then I heard, I love the line. I could always quote it when she says, um, in order to take the X-Men, I would dance with the devil himself and I also wants to live. Like that's a thing. And the Phoenix also warned her saying, this fire I'm giving you will warn you, but it will always, it always consumes. So it's like, you, you're going to be, you know, kind of messed up in the end, but she just wanted to save her family. And that was just, oh God. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated uh, by the Phoenix Force. Uh, so, like, is is its motivation to enter Jean Grey purely, like, let's see what happens here, Just or like, 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 like or was it like? Is it also acting on impulse, like saving saving her, and then it, like it also leads to the like? Is there a double fallen angel here, where it's like not just the phoenix? Because wouldn't impulse have to indicate emotions, and like the phoenix don't really feel anything until it goes inside Jean's body. Right. So it's kind of confusing. Right. I think it was just like an agenda. Like, hey, I remember you stopped this girl Annie Richardson from passing over for a second. Let me see what you really about while you're healing. And just mm. it like it, I, I really think it kind of got messed up. It wanted to feel the physical, but it was like, oh, this is a lot of information. Okay, in the comic books, it actually takes like a span of four years, like when the issues was coming out for Jane to turn dark, and that's mm-hmm. that's like four years of life. Yeah, like, yeah. she becomes the Phoenix in issue 101 and isn't the Dark Phoenix until like in the one. 40s or 130s like it's like and it's and it's a monthly issue like it takes forever before the dark that changes like my whole perspective because i was like under the impression like from the movies and and everything that it's like kind of an immediate react like almost immediate you know like no it's a slow burn she is cool with the phoenix for a while before it before it really gets out of hand uh and like obviously like you can only really express that in a compelling way in the TV show format cuz like if a movie ends and it's like she's bonded with the phoenix <laughs> it's like it's like okay that was a cool movie uh <laughs> what what are we doing here uh but like that's it is important to have that part of the story i think because like it it does show that Jean is powerful enough to be down with this thing for at least a while. Like it's not like it's 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 not like it immediately corrupts her every like, time. And then you gotta understand, like after the ma- like real legit when she woke up from Mastermind's like compulsion along with Emma Frost's help, you gotta understand that this is years built up of believing this fantasy, absorbing all these new emotions that's hitting her simultaneously, and 
and you know human right i mean mutant rights situations too and scott love and mastermind having sex with her for that all that to wake up i'm like you had sex with me and you, you it was a lie like rape no yeah like <laughs> mastermind like mastermind's whole thing whole aspect of the story is like one of the most like one of the worst things anyone can do to a person because it's the it's the highest absolute max level of gaslighting like it's like there isn't a higher level of gaslighting than when you can convince someone they live in a different reality you know what i'm saying like that's that is insane that's crazy yeah like it it's just awkward the things he does, but like just because it's in a superhero world and like you're kind of suspending those things, you know, like you're not really thinking of that he's this old like riddled man, you know, doing this to Gene. Like you know, you're it's like ugh, that's like, so nasty. Just uh, yeah, like ugh. <laughs> like like that's why I'm ugh. happy that at least he has chops, you know. Like at least he's somewhat good looking. In reality, you know, in the reality, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't really fix it. No, it doesn't fix shit. It's uh, it, yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting storyline, and like something that the X, the Foxmen, like the reason they can't incorporate that into the Dark Phoenix storyline is because the Hellfire Club was introduced ten years ago in the first class. So it's like. And they were done away with in the first class. That was Actually, it. They, they never revisited the Hellfire Club long, again. I think that was more than 10 years ago because Apocalypse, then you had Days of Future Pass when he was, like, way young. Oh, no, I meant, like, in the... Uh, I meant in Oh, the, in the real world? Not in the story. Yeah. In the real world. <laughs> it had been, at like, 2011 when first class I came fall. out. 2019 but, when um, Dark Phoenix came out. Yeah. No, 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 no worries. <laughs> I get you. No, because it was way longer than 10 years ago. It was... Shit, that would have been like thirty years ago by the time Dark Phoenix. And it's comes crazy around. how uh, James uh, McAvoy, and literally in the nineties to the two thousands, he suddenly goes to Patrick Stewart. Like, what happened? Like that stress has got to him. Like, wow, because <laughs> you aged. No, yeah. Well, it, 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 what's also funny too is like when I go back and I watch like X Men, like I I like remember Patrick Stewart looking like a lot older than he actually looks in that role. Like he looked like. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's definitely in his in his older years. Like he's definitely fifty plus at this point. But like, <laughs> you look at James McAvoy in the '90s here, and he's like clearly thirty five. <laughs> uh, so it's like some some shit really, really got to him really fast. Yes, and... uh, it's kind of like Obi Wan Kenobi going from Ewan McGregor to uh, <laughs> yeah to, to a New Hope real quick. Yeah. And um, oh man, what was, oh, but also with so like Alex the MCU. Guinness. Like what, you know, what Joseph was saying about Mastermind, like what he did to Gene, you know, like this being that disgusting in the comic book was like, I'm happy that we got Eternals because of how dark er, the MCU can get enough for that to kind of be like, not saying like this, they're going to show this man doing it to Gene, but like, you know, the older audience could be like, hmm. And then they could kind of tinker with that more with the MCU. They could imply things and stuff. The introduction of a Moon Knight, uh, a Dark Knight and, or Black Knight and uh, Blade give me credence to like the X-Men storylines. They can dive into them without like any real repercussion. Yeah, like I think they're, 
hopefully going to be okay with more like twisted and and like weird ideas cuz that well and there's there's a lot of really weird X-Men storylines that do have a little bit of a horror mm-hmm. tone like uh like the fucking brood and shit like that like that'd be wild to see in live action it's like only been executed in comic books but if you saw the brood in live action that would straight up be a horror mm-hmm. movie like a nightcrawler uh, horror or like even a dark phoenix horror like that'd be sick like no, just yeah, a time be, where she's epic. just on rampage, you know, just going off. Like, give her an Ultron moment, you know, if Dark Phoenix just gets what she wants, you know, like, be sick. It's just, um, yeah. Well, she'd, she'd go, she'd just, she'd do exactly what the, what Ultron did. She'd take out every son in the fucking mm-hmm. universe. And... I would have loved it when she got done talking to Volk, um, the, the main lady and, the main villain in Dark Phoenix, when she came out of the room and it was like Dabari. an effect of her wearing like Dabari alien clothes that was kind of like a substitute for the Black Queen look. Like, like, mm. and I would have loved to see like, first of all, Sophie Turner, that look. And you, wow. But, <laughs> and kiss. then like when she's like all tied up and, and bound, that kind of implicates what the Hellfire Club is in the train and then when she wakes up it's like a whole phoenix gear i would have been like oh yeah mm. yeah they like oh, i wish i was on the team for this movie <laughs> right no well and there's also this interesting thing that they're they're playing with when it comes to these new x-men movies because there's cuz days of future past kind of like rewrites things it's like okay the x x-men x2 and last stand didn't happen now because we've rewrote history uh and you know at the end of days of future past we jump to uh logan going being in the being in the mansion professor x being like oh shit you're back dope okay let me tell you what's been happening uh and he sees he sees cyclops and he sees uh gene gray So it's interesting that, like, the idea is still that's where it ends up. They're not good with continuity at all. The idea is that that's where it ends up. So does Gene, well, Gene is still alive because in Dark Fantasy, the Phoenix go across the sky. Does she, do she somehow morph her body back into Gene? She's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to hang out here a bit. You know, I still got my powers, but hey, I'm still going to hang out. No, yeah, it's interesting. It's just interesting, you know. Like it's like they 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 do they take some liberties with the continuity of the whole universe and kind of just say fuck it. Uh, they're just like we'll kind of tell a contained X Men story every movie with like a little bit of a connection to the last yeah. film or the films prior. Like I think, uh, like you said earlier, with like the red trench coat thing and the the. Like that was an obvious homage to the fact that she would one day become the version of Jean Grey we see in The Last Stand that wears the red trench coat and stuff that that is the uh, that is that version of the Phoenix. So it's just really interesting whenever uh, those little things seep through to where it's like, okay, so this person still could become that person. And with Mystique dying in this film, it's like. She wasn't even around mm-hmm. for the events of X Men or any of that. Like it's just like it's a real, it's a really interesting uh, 
convoluted whole thing they've got going I on. I just remember something, and I um, briefly told Joseph about it, but beyond Dark Phoenix, when he had Madeline Pryor after Dark Phoenix, when Iron Man, I think it's Iron Man, and like, I'm, I really think it's Iron Man, when he finds like a cocoon in the bottom of Jamaica Bay, and like out comes Jean Grey with the dress. So like whole time, there was never Jean yeah. Phoenix to Dark Phoenix. That was Phoenix, like kind of like going psychotic and forgot it was like a godlike entity and it thought it was really this mortal girl. And it was like, oh yeah, I was big tripping, dummy. Like, wow. <laughs> it was like, and then Gene, and then, yeah. No, it- I was just going to say the Phoenix is just a wild entity. And like the fact that it can be, it's not just that it corrupts with human emotion. Like it's also not its fault, which is interesting. You know, like it's like, it never means for any of this to happen. Like it's so like it, it, it creates this interesting little uh, aura around its story where it's like, it's not necessarily a villain, it's just feeling for the first time. It's feeling. Didn't know it was going to get into this. It just kind of happened. It like almost like we've got Jean Grey who's a victim certainly to the Phoenix, but like Phoenix is a little bit of a victim to the emotions of Jean Grey, which is which is interesting. I mean, like I don't I don't sympathize with it or <laughs> anything, uh, but like like it's like. It's a little rough. It's a little rough being the Phoenix at the moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't know what the fuck's going on. I also um, like how in some comic books that Jean dies so much with the Phoenix that comes back and dies that on her tombstone it says Jean Grey, she will rise again. Like it's going to happen. And I love every yeah. time when Jean's like dead. And because that's like a scene that kind of like Marvel zombies look like when Jean is like part skeleton and part form when the Phoenix is like free, free like whatever to her like healing her or whatever like i just love like how gene is like sleeping in her casket and the phoenix is like yeah um can we just like link up one more time and she's like i know damn well you ain't coming back here like girl it's been like seven times i have died leave me alone like now you're going for my daughter like it's like now you're going for my child like rachel gray you going for my child yeah, the Rachel Summers aspect of the yeah, uh, of yeah. the Phoenix storyline is really interesting too. Uh, or Rachel Summers Gray, Jean Gray Summers. The whole the, there's a whole bunch of versions of their names. Uh, I is it Rachel Summers in the Avengers versus X Men? Rachel Summers, yeah, that and it's like some is Rachel Gray Summers. Is playing, yeah. is, yeah, she's the Phoenix is trying to get to her, and the X Men are protecting her. But the Avengers are like, we gotta take, we gotta, we gotta yeah. do something about that. Like, we can't let the Phoenix force. And Scarlet Witch and Phoenix uh, kind of went toe like to toe in that comic or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I and I got I got the whole graphic novel, Joe. I know you probably haven't read read that or anything. It's one of the most brilliant storylines I've ever, like it's I've ever intense. read. I absolutely love it. But I'll, I'll absolutely lend it's it to intense. you. But yeah, we get the Phoenix Five in that, where uh, Cyclops, Emma Frost, Colossus. Who are the other two? Magic and Magneto. Yeah. There you go. They form the Phoenix Five, where the Phoenix is split among them. 
Uh, and it's really fucking cool. Sounds, it's really cool. That does sound pretty sick. sick. Yeah, it's it's really fucking cool. And the and the comic does the uh, costume design and all of those is fucking brilliant. Uh, but yeah, and the and that comic book it's interesting because it's like uh the phoenix is even more corrupted. Like, it's to an even greater degree. They seek to, like, dominate the world and stuff. Like, it's it's the weirdest... It's it's one of the weirder storylines mm-hmm. in the Phoenix's, uh, Phoenix's arsenal. Because it also... It does deviate a little bit from the whole... Uh, I, I, it seeks to... It seemingly sinks, seeks to conquer in that in that storyline, which is interesting. That's even a story... Oh, uh, sorry. No, that go ahead. Like a storyline when like Thanos' son uses the Phoenix Force um against him. Cause I remember reading it. I can't yeah. remember this Phoenix in song. It's it's something with Thanos' son. I can't remember his name. But um it's Thane. what Thane. Thane. Yeah, when he uses T-H-A-N-E. it and he like goes against his like father, and of course Kronos got some type Kronos. <laughs> Thanos has some type of um situation going on and like like Thanos is smart like he he didn't outsmart the phoenix but like he definitely that that was just a whole nother storyline that was like actually really cool because that was a twist ending i didn't even think about and like it's just like crazy how the phoenix is always in something with marvel like it's like every single marvel team she has kind of interacted with like the nova corps fantastic four avengers like Mm -hmm. No, and that's what's interesting is that while the Phoenix Force was created by, you know, by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum for the X-Men, it has certainly since been all over the Marvel Universe. Uh, and, and and that's another aspect of, like, the MCU adaptation. Do we even, like, is is it Jean Grey? Like, do they just go with the Phoenix Force with someone else and they're just like, fuck it, we'll do something else? Uh, I don't I don't exactly want that to happen. I'd at least want it to start with Jean Grey. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know. It can do, it, it's always around. It's not like it fucking dies. Yeah. It's just. Wouldn't it be cool? I've never read an, I've never read a Marvel story. I've never read a story where the Phoenix is dead at no. the end. You like, know what I'm I, I think it would be so it cool can't. at, like, a final um, Guardians. It is life and yeah. I would think it would be so cool, like, the final Guardians of the Galaxy movie at the post-credit when they just flying off into peace and all of a sudden all you see is, like, this real quick, like, a, a fast flying, like, firebird just go past it's like, one second. And then we, like, what was that? Well, yeah, and that would be the place that, like, <laughs> that? where we're going to see it, it would be Guardians or it would be Eternals. Like, yes. something cosmic, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Like, we'll, and, like, it's actually really interesting. Uh, if you go to, like, the Phoenix's wiki what, on what fandom, I... it lists, yeah, it lists Thor as her, as its son. Yeah, because she had a relationship with Odin, right? Yeah. Yeah, at some Your point. Phoenix had a really, yeah. Uh, that dude, Odin, man, holy crap! He gets Odin. Odin be fucking the Phoenix. <laughs> How do you even? How does that even happen? But well, what? Phoenix get him? Uh, burn him? <laughs> yeah, like I. He'll get burnt in theory. <laughs> Fuck with a Phoenix, get burnt. Yeah, he said, man, I was Odin. deep in that fire. All right. 
respect to Odin, man. Maybe uh, maybe we put him a little too low on our bracket. That is a, maybe this wow. dude uh, Firebird. I see. I didn't want to be the one to bring it up. So Colton, thank you. <laughs> no, bro, it's it's a really interesting little bit of the lore of the Phoenix that like Thor is its son. What the fuck? Uh, but I I really do love uh the Phoenix like the whole idea of it it's just it's and all the names it's gone by the end of all that is the evil omnipotent firebird black angel chaos bringer cosmic firebird like i'm glad the phoenix is like the thing that's bringing me back into the x-men uh thing that's like starting this x-men swing for me uh because oh yeah i i I think this is probably one of the strongest x-men storylines that they got um, Ooh, so. certainly up there. Yeah, uh, it's it, like it, it's certainly one of the most iconic. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there's even a uh, Easter egg in Stranger Things episode one, where uh, they're riding home from uh, Mike's house after they finish playing D and D. It's Will and Dustin riding next to each other on their bikes before Will gets taken by a demogorgon where they're racing and the prize is an x-men comic issue and it's the it's the first issue where she becomes the dark (laughs) phoenix so like uh i like even even that little sprinkle that little sprinkle there like it's the it's one of the most iconic storylines in all of x-men and uh one of my favorite aspects of gene gray's story on the whole is her love triangle with cyclops and logan uh Mostly because I love that uh, I love Logan and I love the Wolverine, one of my favorite characters in all of Marvel. Uh, and there isn't a character who brings out the soft side of Wolverine, mm. bes- like besides Jean Grey. Like he really cares about her, uh, and that that always makes it really, really compelling because like he he loves the X Men, he loves his family and stuff. But you know he's he's brooding, he's Ah, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> uh, you know, that that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, I, w- at the end of that animated series adaptation of The Phoenix, whenever uh, Cyclops is like, then I'll do it. Trade my life for hers. Like, uh, And then he's like, nah, bub. That, that's not going to fly. Bub. I got this shit. Uh, I, lo- I love the... the he should, uh, I'm, I'm kind of sad that uh, Hugh Jackman didn't say the word bub a little more. Uh yeah, he threw it out a couple times, but he he certainly didn't do it as much as Bub is thrown out in the animated series. But uh, Bub is like a staple of Wolverine for sure. I like that you bring up the the love triumph because one of my favorite like Phoenix moments just in general is uh, it's Scott and uh, Gene on top of like this super tall mountain. It's like the first t- like cra- they just had like I think it was after like, the bikini Impron- yeah. battle. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it was like after all this crazy stuff, it's like finally just a moment where they can like breathe and just talk. And, uh, you know, Scott's going all like, oh, well, what are we going to do now? What's the next step in our mission? You know, what do we got to do? And then Jean's like, will you just shut up and be Scott for a second? Just be my boyfriend. And then she's like, let me take off your glasses. Oh, yeah. By the way, you can look at me with your your naked eyes now. I'm just I can stop, you know, that easily. Like, no problem. Yeah. Um, there you go. And then they just, you know, like, like that was like, it's just so rom- it Just comics are just so much better. Like I've learned that just comic storylines are just so much better. 
And if you read them first, you're only going to be disappointed with live action adaptations because you know how good it can be. Yeah, um, you, well, you, you at least know how big it can be. Yeah. Like, because that's usually what happens with TV and movies is that they take whatever happened in the comic books and they're like, let's make this a little less comic book. Mm. Because the comic book campiness is what makes them go eek. You know, like that's that's the problem typically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I was just gonna keep building on yes. the love triangle thing here with uh, I love that in the animated series, <laughs> there are moments whenever Gene and like you see Gene and Cyclops like together all the time, and then you'll also <laughs> they'll like pull the camera back, and Logan will be like sitting there all <laughs> fucking sad, and it's like, damn, oh, bro, this man. poor dude is just simping. Uh over this woman and the thing about the like the love triangle when it comes to the phoenix uh saga that's really interesting to me is that uh you know cyclops is afraid of gene he is actively scared of her and i don't get that sense from logan you know like i feel like if there's anyone who can like I mean, like, you see it in The Last Stand a little bit more than you see it anywhere else. Like, the person who can handle Gene the most in those moments is the person who's the hardest and mm-hmm. ready for fucking anything. That's true. And that person, yeah. that person, that person's love. Now you say and, that, uh, like, Scott always backpedaled. He always was like, oh, like, oh, my, you know, like, very scared, very cautious. Well, and he'd say the right he'd say the right thing out loud, but Jean can read your mind, mm-hmm. buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh she knows she knows you're afraid of her. Uh Wolverine, yeah, he really like uh thinking even back to uh uh the last stand, like Reverend Jean's like lashing out and they're like, you know, making out and then he's like, Whoa, whoa, like this isn't you, Gene. Like uh he's just like yeah. very like and like, and that's another thing that I loved about that character in those movies specifically is that he was like, "Okay, hold up, no, like I want this. Yeah, it's like I want everything this he's always wanted. Yeah, this is all I've ever wanted. But I can tell this isn't you. This isn't you're not in your right headspace. Mm-hmm. And I love that he was he was so good about Attaboy, that. Logan. You know, he didn't take advantage of it. He was like, "All right, we can't like this is not the time. This like this isn't how I want this to happen." Yeah. Uh, and and in the animated series, whenever Gene's like, like he's holding Gene in her arms, and she's like, "Please do it, please kill me," and he goes, "God, I can't." And like, uh, she she throws him <laughs> off of him after she's turned back into the Phoenix, and then like, but then you get the flip of it in the Last Stand, where the only person who can't be faded away is the person with the adamantium skeleton. Uh, that moment was nice. Like oh, out of that movie, that like that moment. Was oh, I love. I, I do enjoy the ending there. Like, and it is it is because they make Hugh Jackman's Wolverine the focal point yes. of those movies. Like he is he's pretty much yeah. the main character. Uh, which uh, I mean, say what you will. There there should have been more of everybody else for sure. Uh, but we did get a lot of Wolverine there, and that's it's part of the reason that I love that, that I love Wolverine now. So I don't hate the movies for that reason. Yeah. But uh, when he does when he does kill Gene, and while it's like he probably wouldn't be able to do that to the Phoenix anyway, uh, it is a really it hits hard, and it is a really just like fuck moment. You know what I'm saying? Like because when he like holds her and he's crying, and then he looks up and he yells no, like. 
God damn, do I feel that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just great. It's and just I great. love like also like when he's like, you know, I can't do it, Jeannie. And she's like, how touching. And it's be like that. But Scott is the one that like let a whole building, like a whole thing just fall on her. Like he's like, I can do it though. But like, even though the movie's kind of like, made it seem like Jean was really, really into Wolverine, but it seemed like more like the animated and the comments, like she cared for him, but it was still like, Scott always won. It's like, it was majority always. Oh Scott. yeah, absolutely. Like, Wolverine was friend zone no, to the max. The yeah, max. Like, 100%. Like, it was just. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that like, because I love Wolverine, like that's what that's one of the things that I like about the movies is that he has a little bit more of a chance. Like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't get it, but like he does have a little bit more of a chance. Short and rugged and probably smells. You know, he just like Jesus like I'm too posh for this. I'm a gray. Yeah, you know, like don't touch me. It's true. She needs she needs the needs the city. Yeah, and Scott. Um, and like. The Foxy movies really didn't portray like Scott. Yeah, Scott did backpedal and he was very sweet to Gene. But in the comments, like when it was time to get dirty, like he definitely could. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'm. I don't play about my like my girl. I don't play about her." But it's like in the movies, he was just so. It's like they wanted in the last stand. I said this to Joseph. It's beta. like them, boy, boy, beta yeah, cook. them killing <laughs> Scott. And then killing Professor very early on is like they wanted Jean to fail. You know, like they wanted her to fail in less than. Cause you took away the, you know, like her heart and then her father figure. So it's like, and it was very big pieces in the Phoenix saga to like bring her back. So that's just, mm, I don't know. No, yeah, and like, and that's that's the thing about the last stand that really falls apart is that like, there are elements of that movie that is just like man, this is out there even compared to what they do in the comics. Like, uh, by by killing Professor X and then also killing Cyclops at the end of X2. Yeah, when Professor like, X just exploded, I was like, he's not dead. Your face, I'm like, yeah, wait, Joseph, your exploded. face was just like... But I'm like, I was like, wait, he just exploded. <laughs> like, that dude's fucking dead. I'm like, that dude's dead. And well, then and they then showed they his the whole... grave, and I'm like, that dude's dead. <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe it. Like, whenever whenever she kills Scott, too, like, in the very beginning, I'm like, they didn't show him die. Like, he's not dead. I'm like, yeah, no way. And then they're like. And then you see Wolverine show up, and the glasses are floating there. And, and I'm like, stuff, wait a like, minute. You still like, held damn, on hope. Really this man still held on hope. I was holding on for so long, man. Well, and then you get to that post credit scene in The Last Stand, and it's uh, Moira McTaggart mm. taking care of a, a, a body. and That then, was kind of cool. You know, Charles wakes up because he can, like, transfer his consciousness into someone else's body. Mentioned it before. He's like, yeah, we're looking at this patient. He's, uh, you know, but completely past everything. But becomes a problem again because in The Wolverine, he shows up post credit to Days of Future Past. That's going to happen next. As Petra Stewart again, and he's like, "How?" Yeah, and he's like, "You know, you're yeah, not wait, the only you... one with power was Logan." And it's like, but maybe what? he in that old in the like brain dead body, he's using his power to show everyone else that he's Patrick Stewart. You know, like he's basically just 
He's projecting, projecting the image of him be because it'd be weird just to see a brain dead, like you know, like I don't know, like just random guy, yeah. you know, that they know. No, know yeah, yeah. I think I think that's like, that's the easiest write off. <laughs> yeah, there. hopefully, it's like, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. He's just projecting the image of himself into everyone else. Yeah, because uh, that body was gone. You know, no, it yeah, he's gone. gone. Reduced uh, to atoms. <laughs> yeah, Man's and um, and uh, I want to pitch this. This theory that I have to Colton. I really want to pitch it. Okay. So the whole thing about them saying that, you know, why Jane didn't have, you know, her costume and stuff, they say it was no way to show like how Jane would get it. Now in Dark Phoenix, you know, my brain all tinkering. You remember when in the beginning they had the, you know, the X with the with the yellow right here? And you know mm-hmm. what color the Phoenix yeah. is in that movie. So why then they just do a little simple thing when like she gets it, it like bleaches the the black part of the seat red, and then like the middle part that's already yellow, it's like this. It's just that. Boom. Yeah, Boom. I couldn't tell you. No, yeah, it, like, it's it's it is interesting. <laughs> I think uh that that is one of my biggest gripes with the Foxman movies overall is the costume design, and we talk about that a lot oh, last yeah. month. Uh, there's only a couple movies where they really, really hit their stride. Apocalypse. Uh, but there's a reason the animated series, like, l- looks better, because it's based off the giant size X-Men, and their costume design is better because, like, everyone looks different. It's not uniform. Like, it they're... Everyone gets to be gets to express themselves however however the mm-hmm. fuck they want, and uh, I think that with the power of the phoenix, you don't even need a, a reasoning behind why her costume's appearing. The phoenix can make that costume happen. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like that thing could just pop up. You don't that's, that's need the, it. That's the shit. She literally it. rose. Out of the water in a completely brand new costume, when, like as introduced. So, like they should just realize, yeah, we have complete costume liberty. We can any costume we can think of. She could change it every second if she wanted to. Yeah. It, she, I mean, Emperor Palpatine in the Rise of Skywalker, he takes on the life force of Ray and uh, Ben, and all of a sudden he's got a brand new wardrobe. I mean, like, damn, they could have had the one with the Phoenix. You can do that for Jean it's Grey. just a bra. Whitehead, the best costume design to me, and then boom, that could, that's the movie. <laughs> that's the movie right there. <laughs> and like yeah, any um, costume they want, Colton. That was something you said. Um, briefly, we were talking about the costumes. Something you said in Mutant Monthly. We was talking about the Halloween costumes. Oh, like how the X Men all look different, but you can tell that this person is mm-hmm. rapid, like like repping X Men, like. You could tell this is still a person. Oh yeah, they got the yellow accent or the yeah. blue accent. They got a little X somewhere. Like, yeah, like enough. I got my style. You don't need but, more like, than I'm that. still repping. Like, you know, these, you know, this my homies for real. Like, yeah, repping these my set. goons. <laughs> yeah, it, and I, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's enough of that in the live action movies. So I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that the X Men '97 thing. Is something that'll lead into a like multiversal them moving into live action wearing their X Men costumes from the animated series. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think that would be dope. Like as a way to like put a cap on that series is them entering mm-hmm. the MCU. 
literally. Uh, I think that would be I think that would be really cool. And then like we'd have all of our favorite fucking X Men in the universe out of fucking nowhere, just just like with us. Which do you prefer? Oh, sorry. Uh, and and then that would up that would open the opportunity for that Jean Grey to experience the Phoenix Saga again and shit like that. <laughs> like it's like which do you prefer? Anything could happen. What you was gonna say? Sorry. I just said anything could happen. You know, do you prefer ahead. like her um yellow and blue look or the green dress with the yellow hip um yellow mask? Her Marvel girl look. I do like her Marvel girl mm-hmm. look quite a bit. Uh just cuz it's like really classic. Mm-hmm. Uh I know like anytime I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, I would uh and I was the I was Jean Grey. That was the suit that I would that I would pick for. Her. Um, I, I do like the red though. I like the Dark Phoenix red with the with the gold. But uh, nah, I was never uh, I was never huge on the on the on the blue one. I was just never never quite uh what I enjoyed. The history of uh the of Jean Grey's character though is really cool, just because she was. She was Marvel Girl. She was just <laughs> uh, telekinetic with, some, yeah, just some telepathic abilities. Who was uh, hit on by all the other mm-hmm. X Men uh, profusely, and then she becomes the most powerful of them all. Uh, Thirty or like not? Nah, I don't know. That would have been like thirty to twenty years later, almost. <laughs> uh, I just love how she just, still comes out the water like no longer I'm the woman you knew, and all of a sudden. Help me. Like, I'm just like, Jane. Mm, yeah. Like, girl, you just did all that. What are you doing? Like, and then, like, how she's in the hospital bed, and she's just moaning that it, when I was a kid, when my mom would hear it come from my phone, she would think I'm watching something else. And I'm like, oh, no, it's this. Yeah. And, like, how the Phoenix just comes out. Yeah. She's like, Phoenix, now we are one. And I'm like, that happened quick. Like, yeah no yeah it is it it is always really there's a couple times where it's like are you one though (laughs) because y'all split up a second ago she just she just came through said help again like are you one (laughs) are you lying to me she Um, just need a we are phoenix moment that's what she needed (laughs) right right. (laughs) she really did like I don't know. I feel like a uh, one thing that I I do I do have concern about with the MCU mm-hmm. uh, potentially adapting this is that uh is that I mean MCU ha- has like they take liberties outside of the comics and I anticipate that will be the uh, I anticipate that will be the case here with the uh, with the X Men. I'm interested to see like. Obviously, we haven't gotten, like, the Shi'ar Empire and shit like that. Like, we've seen the Kree and we've seen the Skrulls. Uh, but besides that, we haven't got much beyond that. We saw the Xandarians and Guardians of the Galaxy and shit. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, we haven't seen, like, real, like, a space presence that is uh, an empire. I know the Kree 
kind of have their their thing going on, and that's kind of an empire. But they've got a whole war with the scrolls going on and stuff. So it's a uh, Captain Marvel. Pretty hopefully give us an yeah. Captain Marvel makes a lot of sense to some empires. Like hopefully that's the next Captain Marvel movie. We're just gonna get <laughs> big space wherever she's been off to. You know this whole time. Right. I hope. Uh, well, next next Captain Marvel movie is the Marvels, and she won't be alone. She'll have yeah. a. Photon, Monica Rambo with her, and she'll have Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan with her. So, uh, mm. with that, it's really interesting because it's like, I, I, I anticipate the cosmic stuff with Captain Marvel and Photon, but then you, you, you rope in Miss, Miss Marvel's Kamala Khan, and I expect that to be a little bit more grounded and down to earth. Uh, so it's interesting, uh, the route they're going. I think, uh, I think it'll be interesting. For sure, I really uh, think that. Yeah, but you know that Captain Marvel is another place where it would be a good good opportunity to introduce the Phoenix Force mm-hmm. at some point. Basically, the like, same uh, story. I think, like, I think if Captain Marvel watched, like, saw the Phoenix Force like fly by her in the middle of space, and then she was like, "Oh shit!" and she just like goes after it and like tries to chase it and stuff, and then like ultimately can't catch it because it's the fucking Phoenix. <laughs> uh, and then she can just kind of be like, what the fuck was that? And, like, maybe it's headed towards Earth, and now she's got to go warn people. Like, it could be cool. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that would be Captain Marvel's exit is with um, Rogue? Because Rogue kind of, like, puts her into, like, a uh, coma for, like, a sh- fucking long-ass time when she, like, absorbs her. Yeah. Uh I don't think they'll do that to the live-action Captain okay. Marvel. Uh because like I think if they if they do end to Captain Marvel, they'll do end to Captain Marvel. Like it won't like if that won't be the end of Captain Marvel's story. Like maybe that's a part of it. Like but uh, ultimately she'd come out of the coma and they'd figure out it if they'd get her back in the game and stuff. Just because like if a, if a character in the MCU is in a coma, they're never off the table. They're coming back at some okay. point. Okay. Uh, that, that hasn't really happened, which is interesting to to think about. I mean, Happy Hogan was in a coma for Iron Man 3 and stuff but other than that it wasn't it hasn't been incredibly prevalent uh now it's it is really interesting though cuz the universe is just the MCU is just getting so fucking so big so fucking big <laughs> that's the thing so like when so whenever the X-Men get I really in, feel like, like they're going to come from a different multi I really feel they're going to come from a different universe though to me I I just feel that like, I mean, th- honestly, it's just the easiest explanation for Marvel to be like the X Men that you know was just in this multiverse. Um, mm-hmm. It's all happened, but you know, it's just separate from this universe that you've been watching. Now, the uni- multiverse being open just means your characters can come into the other universes. Like, I, I truly like. I don't. I don't even know, like, if they're gonna have like an X gene moment, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like that we're kind of thinking, like, awakening the mutants. I think it's just gonna be like mutants in this timeline weren't a thing. Don't like exist. they don't exist, yeah. but or they haven't evolved or, to that. Point. Yeah, or there hasn't been like the X gene moment or something like that in this universe. But um, in this multiverse. It happened back in whatever year, and they did exist. Mm. So here's all those people now. I like. That's what I I I I think the direction Marvel's going in. Like, and it just gives them so much freedom 
to do anything that way. Like they True. can literally do whatever they want, like with the multiverse. And it's just as like a marketing decision, like it just makes sense if they do it that way, because any TV show, any, anything like they want, they can just do. Absolutely. And I, I think I'd like that. Like I, I would appreciate it if they just, if they just went, the X-Men don't exist in the other, like they exist in another multiverse. What Marvel like, is. Yeah. What Marvel is doing is they're trying to get as close to the comic book experience without saying that it's like the comic book experience. They're giving you all these different multiverses, which is just the different issues. Um, like in all these different, like everything they're, they're trying like to get there without saying that's like where they're going. Like, because they have to, like, if they want to get this grand and everything, like, it kind of just has to it work can't that all way. Be happening on the yeah, same earth. yeah, like, yeah. I just think like it would be so cool if like it was like some big like collision thing with like all the multiverses connecting, and then like you just have that like that signature X Men, the the Fox Men like dun dun dun, dun noise, and like the X Men is already established, and they just come, they just walking through like. And they all like suited and they all individual uniforms. It is like, like, oh, what's going on here? Like, mm -hmm. I'm ready to fight. Dun, 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 dun. Let dun, me say dun, that dun, animated dun, series soundtrack kills. Oh, that should go up. I never hit that skip intro button. I let it play I every never, time. Never once. Yes. I love it. Mm. <laughs> That's one of the best intro, like, intro sequences ever, period. Uh, it's up there with like Game of Thrones and Westworld for me, Dang. and the Westworld. Like, yeah, it's I was the thinking. only show that's not an HBO series that I think has a as a. I was going to say Westworld probably is my fate. Like it's just that just artistically, like just, whoa. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, it's it's mind boggling. But yeah, this this one it's up there, like definitely. I yeah, think this, like the, this, oh. the best Foxman, the best Foxman intro is Apocalypse. I think that's the best one. Like that's when a you really see like cool Jesus and you sequence. see the Mona Lisa and the Nazi symbol and the train, like you, you mm -hmm. go through time from the pyramids through time. Yeah, they give you the whole timeline. And more on the movie's title sequences next month as we rank all the Foxman films yes. for next month's Mutants Monthly. Uh which I'm very excited to do with you guys. Uh that'll be fun. How many are there? Like fucking thirteen or fourteen? X two last day. Because we're including we're including New Mutants and the Deadpools. Less than X-Men Origins War. The original X-Men trilogy. First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2, New Mutants. Yeah. Yep. 13. All right. Wow, I'm mad. I just remember 13. all those movies all right. that I don't like, really care for. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I well, the ones that, like, I don't... I, I completely I completely was forgetting about the Wolverine trilogy, even though Logan's probably I don't want to spoil anything. But and Logan, yeah, mm. Logan's probably mm. Logan's probably. Uh, <laughs> it's Logan. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for next month too. Do you uh, do you guys have uh, much else to say about the Phoenix here? We're coming up on two hours. I think this is our longest Mutants Monthly yet. Uh, I could keep going. Uh, what what whatever. Y'all want to talk? You, if you got it's anything just like, else to touch I have on so Phoenix, much to say, but then I just don't want to drag. Like it's it's just so much. It's just like I really 
the only thing I could say is that like the Phoenix storyline is so big that I think in every iteration of X Men animated, even the animations like X Men Evolution, X Men Anime, the nineties, um, Wolverine and the X Men, the Phoenix always comes up no matter what. Like justice a thing, mm. and it's and I think per- it's essential. Yeah, and I think like per- like the Phoenix is. I think it's kind of like underrated almost in Marvel lore. Like, not like underrated because oh, I know like Marvel fans know about it, but I think it's not like not valued as like one of the big top things. Like, I'm not saying it is the best of the best. Oh, yeah. But you know, like, I never really see like conversations about, you know, it's like. No, yeah. And I think, uh, I think the, uh, the MCU can be blamed for that to a degree. Uh, the MCU has kind of determined what the big things in Marvel are now. Uh, Thanos, the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, Ultron, Loki, like the, these sorts of, these sorts of characters are like, even the, the Guardians, yeah. The Guardians, yeah, like, and one day we'll, one day we'll get there. I think the Phoenix Force will eventually be, like, nothing to mm-hmm. fuck with in the MCU for sure. Um, I can't wait for when that gets folded in eventually. That's just going to be fucking fantastic. I just hope wherever um, we are in that future, when it comes out, I just know y'all two are going to think about me. <laughs> you know, Roar is dying right. right now. <laughs> nah, we'll talk about it right here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Whenever that happens. Whenever that happens. I don't, I don't plan on like really Oh, I think like no matter what I'm doing, this will at least be a hobby I have. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you got to think. Penny Bloom podcast. We're doing at least next year. We're doing at least next year for just movies. At least all so, throughout like, 2022. I mean, and I don't. I didn't have any plans of retiring. Um, <laughs> no, exactly. so, it's not like I'm just going to be like, that's yeah, it. I've, uh, one, I've had yeah, enough supporting character to a regular to part of the main cast. So like, I'm here. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right now, I mean, like, you look at, like, the last 20 to 30 episodes of the Penny Bloom podcast, because I think this is 149 or 150. You two are the most prevalent, the most prevalent cast members. It is 149. This is a square number. That's sick. Um, I can't wait to be cool if it's 149. 150 is also a cool number. (laughs) What's that? um, I I can't wait till we get to 420. Oh, episode 420 will be a fun That's going to be a fun one. Uh, fun one. Yeah. It's going to be an I'll be higher than usual. <laughs> so are we going to... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's just... But, like, honestly... Yeah, I think I think that's, that's that. that. Feels like the natural... Feels like the natural end of the conversation here. I feel like we're, we're reaching now. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I had a good time. I love the Phoenix storyline, and I... Uh, I'm glad we got to sit down and talk here for almost two hours about it, which is really, really awesome. Um, shit, you got any any last thoughts here, Aurora? I'm just so happy, <laughs> just so happy that we did this. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I'm happy like happy. so happy. I'm so happy. You know, like talking about this whole family aesthetic of the X Men, and it's just, just a lot. Yeah, are we going to talk about the next big family? Is that the next one, or is that one before that? 
that that that'll that will be next month. That will be next month. Uh, Joe, but before that, Joe, you got any last thoughts on uh on the Dark Phoenix here? I uh, just would like to say thanks for inviting the newbie out here. Uh, it was uh very fun to be part of this. Um, and thank you, Aurora, for being an expert through all these movies because I have major conflicting just confusing thoughts with all the X-Men movies uh, for what I thought I know and what I'm watching. So very nice to have like, and watching the movies certainly didn't help those conflicting thoughts. I'll I'll tell you that. Yeah. So Uh, yeah, it only, it only kind of raised more questions for me. Um, (laughs) As I watch more and more, I think um, I'll get a better understanding, but, uh, Oh, you will. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm Uh, glad I'm getting back into the X-Men and hopefully I'll become an expert like you guys uh, sometime soon. Um, Well, Hey, you got a, this next month, Next month here, well, we'll be we'll be covering uh, the ranking of all the Foxman films. You'll get real familiar here, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we maybe we uh, now it's Foxman. We'll keep it Foxman. I was going to say maybe we fold in like the X Men animated series. You rank that amongst mm-hmm. it too, uh, wherever it might fall. Uh, but just need a monthly to take for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could. It it could. Uh, Obviously, we only have th- this next one's the last one we've got firmly planned yes. out. Uh, and then I-, I guess in this next month, we'll have to plan our next set of five uh, through May, uh, which will be which will be fun. I think it's I think it's fun to do them in, in chunks mm-hmm. like this instead of uh, instead of planning like a whole bunch of them all at once. We can kind of feel out wherever whatever we're feeling at the time and uh, having a plan, though, for. A decent amount of time gives you a little direction for what content you're looking at, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, I implore if you're just yeah. a casual MCU fan or you just watch the MCU movies to expand your horizons, uh, go go watch the X-Men, go watch the Fantastic Four, read some comics even. Um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to do that, and I'm very, very glad I've done it, and I I wish I would have done it earlier. So if you're on the fence, Oh, dude, I can't, I can't say that enough you're on because, the fence, like, whenever go. I started – yeah, whenever I started reading comics, and frankly, if you've got ten bucks a month to spare, cannot recommend Marvel Unlimited enough. It is every Marvel comic. I'm asking for it for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good move. Yeah. That's a great move. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic. It's one of it's like I I can't recommend it enough. And uh, whenever I started reading comics, I really started with X-Men comics because I was like, these, this is far and away the most compelling comic book storytelling there is. And as soon as I did, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm officially going to be doing this forever. Mm. Um, (laughs) because it really is just one of the more enjoyable mediums there is. Uh, it might not be the, uh, the one that makes you think the hardest or the one that is the deepest, but, uh, if you like the characters and you're, if you love the characters and you want to get to know them, there's no better place than with over a hundred issues of these characters. You know what I'm saying? There, there's so much comic book material out there. Uh, My final up, thing Aurora? to say, this is the two things that I love that Jean Grey did. One, she outed Iceman. Hilarious. I love that. Two, right. Was it was a Christmas thing? It was one of the new X Men. I think it's called the new X Men or something like that. And when she's wearing like green and black, and Scott, yeah, Scott, this is, this is, I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Scott literally was like, 
oh, it's Christmas time, and da da da. And Jean's like, oh, what did you get me? And he's like, you gotta wait for Christmas. She's like, yeah, you might want to save that receipt. That was, I fell out. I love this new Jean. I, she like, you can see the purple go to his head. She's like, yeah, hold on to that receipt. Because <laughs> like, I ain't gonna keep that. Yeah, but that's all I have. No, nah, yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, love that. So, again, next month, Fox Men rankings, 13 films. Uh, I cannot wait. That'll be a lot of fun. Also next month, since it is uh, Christmas time and Christmas is about the family and getting together, we figured what better time to discuss Marvel's first family. Uh, the Fantastic Four. So uh, prior to uh, us ranking the Fox Men, uh, I might actually, that probably might actually come out on Christmas or Christmas Eve or something. A little Christmas special about the Fantastic Four where, and that's one where I'm, I'm not incredibly versed in the Fantastic Four. I've read a few comics. I've watched the movies, but uh, I'm excited to dive even further into it. Uh, maybe maybe catch a few episodes of that Fantastic Four animated series and the Silver Surfer animated series on uh, on uh, Disney Plus. I'm really excited for that. So yeah, that'll be coming next month, next the, the in in December on Christmas, Christmas Eve. We'll get get some discussion about the first family, the Fantastic Four. I'm very excited, and both of both Aurora and Joseph, you'll both be back for that, which I'm very excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but yeah, this was. Mutants Monthly number four, Fear and Loathing in Dark Phoenix. And this is the Penny Bloom Podcast. Was I, Colton Robertson, and I was joined by Aurora Carter. Thank you very much. Thank you always. Thank you for this beautiful experience. Oh, of course. And thank you for this beautiful experience. Thank you, Joseph George, for being here. Thank you for letting a newbie in. It's always a pleasure, and I can't wait to be back. I can't wait to have you back. If you would... Head to patreon.com slash Bloom where you'll find over 20 hours of content, including uh, some Spider-Man No Way Home trailer discussion. I know that movie's only 17 days away as of the time this podcast will be out, which is really getting close. We got all sorts of theories. Uh, all, and I mean, there will certainly be more with, uh, with the next trailer that comes out. Uh, very, very excited. Uh, but yeah, over 20 hours of exclusive content and some artwork I put up over there, not available anywhere else. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, And all that money that I make over there goes straight back into the podcast and making sure that I can uh, afford to keep it going. Uh, we, don't, we don't do ad sales or anything. I'm not a sellout, unless, of course, you're interested. Um, <laughs> uh, if you would, go follow on Twitter at PennyBloomPod. Go to Instagram and follow at Penny Bloom Podcast. And uh, remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I am life incarnate, the Phoenix.